real news. All right, welcome everyone to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. Today is the 24th of July, 2020, and it's Fire Friday, right? And we've been on fire this morning, the ceremony with uh, the president um, providing that medal. I mean, the speech was incredible, wasn't it? <laughs> but today, we need to look at the cabal. Now, I put out two tweets right before the show, very important ones, because I'm going to teach you how the cabal works. And when I tell you all of the mainstream media, including the conservative outlets, are hijacked, you'll understand. Because remember, I've written for a lot of big, big, big names uh, under assumed pen names, uh, assumed names, pen names, provided material so editors can publish themselves. And one thing that I noticed is, you know, it's all about the money. It's all about the interests. And you know how these outlets and, uh, you know, television shows and um, talk shows and, and uh, you know, whatever you retweet, you know, that has like five sentences, doesn't even have research in it. And you know what? A lot of people retweet it. And you know what the thing is? You throw in a, enough good to hide the bad, right? But you could see, you know, when you have a commie writing for you, but you consider yourself a conservative, big flag. But then when you have politicians using you to help them prop up their lobbyists and the people that fund them, that's a problem. Because when you get caught, you get caught. And you can whine all you want. Because we've already got this. The president's already got this. So if you're feeling tight, right, if you're feeling the squeeze, if you've run out of corners to paint yourself in, that's because we're taking our country back and God always wins. So today, uh, you know, you're going to... Um you're going to hear a lot of uh, information uh, in regards to how, well, well, we'll see what's going on, right? We'll comment on it. We do have a recap today. And since I've said that every, every week up until the elections, we're going to have a weekly roundup, what I'll do is I'll match it up with the, with the president's, you know, the vid presser that he has, and we'll do it right after that. So, there's a question, and I wanted to um, comment just quickly, Dora. Uh, uh, there's a comment asking about uh, the death of Professor Mike Adams. I was actually discussing that with other investigative journalists. It seems pretty convenient, right? Um, I, I will be working with Haley Kennington uh, to see to put out a piece on that because I was following that uh, when he was questioned and fired, kind of like the teacher uh, in Michigan that I mentioned. You know, I was watching that. So hence the discussions on that. So we're going to have the wrap up on um, right after uh, the presser, the, the Rona presser, the China virus presser, the Chinese disease plague presser. So, so uh, I'm going to go, um, I'm just going to dive into uh, yesterday's press, Rona presser. So it was a very interesting one. And what was very interesting is that uh, the cameras for all the other stations, except for some of the White House, and some of them were not actually as um, just a few people caught it, and we were one of them, right? Um, uh, 
the switch in the camera. So that is another room. That's actually a room where people give um, speeches. It's a bigger room. Uh, it's not the press conference, you know, and um, it was interesting just to see it cut out, which tells us that that was not live, live. So that is the 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 essence of it. And so this is why we see the delays. This glitch was to tell you that. But the weird thing is, and we're still trying to amplify it, and you'll see on my YouTube channel, I um, uploaded from my genius, and I'm going to call him v- Veer. Uh, he parsed it out and made it like into a small, I think it's just under 10 seconds, where he cut out all the cutouts because we saw all of the glitches. And there was someone in there that looked pretty heavily dressed for, um, you know, summer and maneuvered themselves quite oddly. So that's all I can say on that. We're still trying to see through rendering uh, the video because I, I was able to download it quickly. And I'll tell you what, it was like stalling too. Yeah, it was that black figure, right? Um so we're still rendering it to see because obviously uh, he's not in his um, his normal studio, you know, where he makes Cher shrink and Britney Spears not look. She doesn't have back rolls and stuff like that. Right. So he's working on it. Uh, so that's that. So I wanted us uh, just to I wanted us to just remember uh, that during that uh, press conference, our president did tell us a lot. Uh, He told us about um, what to expect. He said, you know, if the schools are not going to be open, then they will not be provided money. And maybe we should give that to uh, the parents. So that was, you know, pretty awesome of him. Uh, to make that statement, I know that a lot of schools are going to be coming back, um, you know, this week, and they're going to be telling parents, like, you know, the 411 and the skinny. I know I'm waiting for it um, to see what uh, exactly my child is going to be doing. And I'm sure all of you are. Because the one thing people don't seem to understand is, is that, you know, as parents, uh, you know, we have children and we, while they're in school, we go to work, right? So if if the kids are not in school, uh, then how is the parent going to go to work? And therefore, does the parent have to pay someone to raise their child while they're supposed to be in school? That's the question. So this is something that we should all be thinking about um, as uh you know, you start getting this information from your schools and see how they're going to be addressing it, because that was one of the uh, most excellent things for the president to say that if you don't open up the schools, then you're not going to get money. And another thing is, is that um, colleges, they can't charge the same tuition they would for in-person online. So uh, that has to be reevaluated pretty, pretty intensely. And now, Always, as before we start uh, delving into our little um, side cuts and seeing what, who, what, when, and where, I think it's important that we um, take a look at, where is it? I have it. Take a look at some reminders. There we go. I want to I wanna give us some reminders. So I no want to remind, remind everyone of a specific... 
uh, montage, as they say, a specific montage of, um, you know, all these clowns telling us that no one is above the law. Okay? We need to remember this. Just um, listen carefully. No one is above the law. Nobody is above the law. No one 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 is above the law. So let's remember that. And I hope that Missouri is tuning in because today we're going to talk about Missouri. We're going to talk about how people in elected positions bully uh, people, bully journalists into a position where they start amplifying. This is the cabal. See, when I see a politician... Being a mediator for someone that lines their pockets, right? (laughs) That speaks volumes. It's like how Adam Schiff was the mediator for, you know, Mr. Igor Pasternak, you know? And suddenly after being his advocate, he gave him $75 million to just think about blimps in the Ukraine. Not draw them, not give a schematic, not actually produce a blimp, but just think about it. You know, how many of you would like to get $75 million to kind of just think about stuff, right? Federal tax dollars. So uh, we're going to be talking about um, IIAs a lot because I see that a lot of people, um, you know, from the beginning that I've been solo on the radio because I've guessed it a lot. I've said many, many times, and even in my articles where I was writing about Twitter and the censorship, I've been talking about reality hacking, you know, and I see that many of you online so desperate for information because this is, you know, info wars, information wars, right? And they have been using, you know, this digital platform, this cyberspace for the most incredible digital warfare. Now they reality hack you and there's tons of little Twitter accounts that do it. We have conservative and leftist outlets that write articles that so many of you and and myself have retweeted. Obviously, it's about the content, not the messenger, right? It's the content. So when you're following content and you see one thing that's like, wait a minute, that doesn't seem right. You take a seat back and you watch. When you see, you know, uh, some, you know, you're... I don't know, uh, reading articles from XYZ and you see that on their staff, they have someone that was code pink, you know, a complete communist that's claiming that they want someone harder, right and stronger. And it's like, but you're a commie. What? So these are things, you know, we need to be aware of. Why? Because it's knowledge and knowledge is power. And the only thing that can stop them is you. And so uh, today I'm going to be able to use um, an example of how uh, corrupt politicians on a local, state, federal, whatever level leverage their supposed power on behalf of their funders, right? The pockets that line, the, the pockets that they have that are being lined by who, uh, especially when they get caught. 
And this is, and, and I'm not going to say much, right? Yet. Yet. Okay. Yet. Okay. The yet, because it's all about time. So let's start today with one of the most incredible things. And I'm very, 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 very upset um, <laughs> that I can't buy this man a beer. So let's give it up for Ted Yoho wasn't, Ted Yoho is right. And that hashtag should be trending like nobody's business. Take a listen to Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Wait, here we go. There we are. Clark, seek recognition. Madam Speaker, I seek recognition for a question of personal privilege. The chair has been made aware of the valid uh, base for the w- gentlewoman's point of personal privilege. The gentlewoman from New York is recognized for one hour. Thank you, Madam Speaker. Um, and I would also like to thank uh, many of my colleagues for the opportunity to not only speak today, but for the many members from both sides of the aisle who have reached out to me in support uh, following an incident earlier this week. About two days ago, I was walking up the steps of the Capitol when Representative Yoho um, suddenly turned a corner um, and he was accompanied by Representative Roger Williams and accosted me on the steps right here in front of our nation's capital. I was minding my own business. Yeah, of course she was. (laughs) Wait, um, so all of us, just if you're drinking something, eating something, please don't do it while you're listening to the next, you know, minute. Walking up um, the steps and Representative Yoho put his finger in my face. He called me disgusting. He called me crazy. He called me out of my mind. Um, and he called me dangerous. And then... He's not wrong. She is extremely dangerous. Uh, she is looking to help uh, the UN and, you know, uh, uh, implement robots and drones to watch us. They'll be our law enforcement. I mean, ones and zeros make great decisions. He took a few more steps. And after I had recognized his, uh, after I had recognized his, his comments as rude, he walked away and said, I'm rude. You're calling me rude. I took a few steps ahead and I walked inside and cast my vote um, because my constituents send me here each and every day. Her what constituents? The legal ones or the illegal ones? I just want to know. To fight for them and to make sure that they are able to keep a roof over their head, that they're able to feed their families, and that they're able to carry their lives with dignity. I walked back out and there were reporters in the front of the Capitol and in front of reporters, Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a fucking bitch. I think all of America wants to buy Mr. Yoho a beer because what she's doing is dangerous. She is advocating for chaos, for disruption. She is advocating for all that. So, you know, she is insane. She's uh Oh, she's horrible. And I've seen her talk to her, you know, paid agitators. And that is a problem. And the truth really does hurt. But Yoho does rock. And it would be a pity if all of us just said, Ted Yoho is right. And had that trending. Because the whole world, well, all of the Americans that actually voted, uh, you know, 
would like to buy this man a beer. Let's be honest. Uh, that's the way it is. Now, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, not saying, but yeah, I kind of agree. No, I don't kind of. I 1,000 million percent agree uh, with her, uh, with him. And um, I was going to say with her, with someone that commented, but I agree with him 100%. Go Yoho. Uh, so the one thing that I have a problem with is that is the first time those kinds of words have actually been spoken in the house. So this, uh, you know, gang of four, you know, the jihadi, the other jihadi, the really insane one, you know, and then AOC who's like foaming at the mouth, you know, and her puppet strings, you could see them everywhere. You know, um, those four have done a lot of firsts. They have promoted uh, profanity, right? They have um, pushed for things that make no sense, right? Uh, hats and head coverings were never worn in the house, no matter what. We didn't see the Jews complaining, right? But we had to pardon and allow it for Omar. They've done a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. So that's incredible. Joe, thank you. Thank you, Joe. I just saw it fly by before I hop over to the next thing that we want to kind of uh, look at, which is remember yesterday how I talked about this cognitive test and how the president gave them, gave them, gave them, gave them a lot you know, so they can unpack it and start complaining and nee, 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 right. Remember, and it worked. See, this is how you reality hack the clowns. So I'm going to show this to you quickly. And here we go. Tucker, of course, my favorite unpacks it for us with Don Lemon. You know, Don Lemon, who was the first to have Jesse Smollett's story, was the first person Juicy called about the horrific attack on him. Remember? Because he's the one that promoted him on TV saying, oh my gosh, he's been, you know, viciously attacked at 2 a.m. with these bad, bad white people walking around in Chicago in negative weather with MAGA hats throwing nooses around him, remember? Don Lemon was the one that did that, right? He was the one that put him on TV. He was the one that promoted it, right? So he's in the, at the very heart of it. And yesterday I've been tweeting, time's up, time's up. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Because we got to get to Chicago. I mean, what people don't seem to understand is yesterday when I showed you that thing with Tammy Duckworth, where she was like so upset that the administration, how dare they go after human and child traffickers? What people don't know is that the FBI was already investigating Juicy Smollett for what? Huh? Child sexual abuse and a whole ring out of Chicago. That's why I said Oprah were coming in my tweet when that happened. So Illinois is about to get rocked. Ohio is rocking like nobody's business. We'll talk about that a little bit. Because if I was Marsha Fudge and DeWine, I've said this before, I'd be super duper concerned. Because it's called the domino effect. Remember? What, what have we been saying for two and a half years? Calm down. The arrests are coming. The elimination is happening. You just got to wait because what we have to do is loosen the soil around the roots. So you start from the bottom, the newest root, and then you work your way up to the stem and then you yank it. Nee. 
So you'll see that with a little example of Ohio later on in the show. So let's start with Tucker because this is pretty incredible. I love it. Show last night, you saw that Dr. Mark Siegel asked the president about the cognitive ability test White House physicians have given him. And amazingly, the president was happy to talk about details. Here's part of it. It was 30 or 35 questions. The first questions are very easy. The last questions are much more difficult, uh, like a memory question. It's uh, like you'll go person, woman, man, camera, TV. So they say, could you repeat that? So I said, yeah. So it's person, woman, man, camera, TV. Okay, that's very good. So guess who else was watching that? The weightlifter over on CNN and his buddy, Don Lamont. So the weightlifter, the governor's brother, decided to administer the test the president has taken to international TV star Don Lamont. And here's what happened next. When do you take that? That looks like something for middle school. Well, you take that when usually, listen, I'm not a doctor and I'm going to let Dr. Reiner explain it in a little bit. Yeah. But usually when there is some issue or some concern about, um, you know, your cognitive abilities. So oh, it's what were the animal local. shapes? Uh, well, it's a lion, a hippo and a camel. Isn't that a rhino in the middle? A rhino. You don't a even hippo. know a hippo a rhino, from a sorry, rhino. <laughs> you got no cuties, son. You got no cuties. I'm looking cuties. at it backwards. I'm looking at it backwards. <laughs> what does it mean if you don't know an elephant from a rhino? An elephant. What does it mean if you don't know a rhino from an elephant? Well, you may not be a physician, but I think you know what it means. It means low acuity. And that's not a surprise in the case of Don Lamont, a perfectly cheerful person, maybe the slowest person ever to appear on cable news. You'll never forget, and in case you have, we have the tape, Mr. Lamont's Malaysia Airlines segment, the one in which he speculated that maybe the flight had vanished into a black hole. What if it was hijacking or terrorism or mechanical failure or pilot error, but what if it was something fully that we don't really understand? A lot of people have been asking about that, about black holes and on and on and on. They're also referencing the Twilight Zone, which has a very similar plot. That's what people are saying. I know it's preposterous, but is it preposterous, you think, Mary? Hmm. Turns out, and we know this because we have access to a scientific portal we call Google, that the nearest black hole is about 3,000 light years away. Boeing 777s can't yet fly that far. Now, just in case it seems like we're being a Now, before we um, uh, let him go further into this, I just wanted to talk. Uh, you know, like he said, uh-oh, rhino versus elephant. Well, that's why we have Tories around, right? This is why we have people who call them out. Because I'm pretty sure the 110th Congressional District of Missouri thinks that they have a candidate that's an elephant. I can tell you it's got horns everywhere. Everywhere. And I hope you're listening because I did tag you in it. Because I got you right here. See, this is how you find out where they sit by calling them what they are that is it because it's enough all of us hiding and you know not talking about it they use their muscle their banking muscle their line pockets lobbyist muscle they use their muscle but you know what unfortunately man your muscle isn't compared to 
our ability to garner and accept and understand and align with facts. There are no versions to facts. It is not an opinion, right? Ever in the world. There is no such thing as, oh, well, um, masks don't work. Well, that's your opinion. No, the freaking box says it on the back that they don't work. But, you know, now facts have opinions. <laughs> so anyway, uh-oh, rhino versus elephant. Like I've said from day one, you think the Democrat Party is the problem? Man, it's on both sides. And there's only a handful sitting there under the flag of the elephant. Only a handful. And you know what? Huh? The president said it. You can resign or you will be pushed out. A lot of them resigned. We saw it. Mass resignations. Didn't run again. The ones that stayed thought they were covered. <laughs> but they have not been covered. Okay, I have to play these commercials. Sorry, guys. They're the best commercials in the world. The forgotten men and women of our country will be forgotten no longer. The time for empty talk is over. Now arrives the hour of action. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. Every decision will be made to benefit American workers and American families. America will start winning again, winning like never before. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. Do not allow anyone to tell you that it cannot be done. No challenge can match the heart and fight and spirit of America. We will not fail. Our country will thrive and prosper again. Your voice, your hopes, and your dreams will define our American destiny. When America is united, America is totally unstoppable. After nearly four years, my family's nightmare is finally over. We couldn't have survived this without the love and support of the millions of patriots around the world. Thank you from the bottom of our heart. Hi, I'm Laura Loomer, and I'm running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District. Wouldn't it be horrible if we lived in a nation where journalists were silenced just because they confronted the political and media elite? You might think that could never happen in America, but it did. And to me. For confronting people like Hillary Clinton on her corruption and Ilhan Omar for her ties to radical Islamic terror groups, I have been banned on pretty much every single social media platform. And if that doesn't sound extreme enough, I'm also banned on Uber and Lyft. I know, I cannot understand that last one either. When this all happened to me, I contacted the media and members of Congress. I asked them for help. I kept calling, I kept emailing, but I never received a reply. And that's when it hit me. I'm a well-known journalist who has the phone numbers of the most powerful people in politics and media, yet I couldn't get any assistance. What on earth would the average American do if the same thing happened to them? I realized then that if I wanted to see change, that I would need to run for office. The American people deserve representation that listens to and acts on their concerns. 
So here I am, running for Congress in Florida's 21st Congressional District, because the American people deserve a voice and a representative who, like President Trump, will keep the promises they make and speak up loudly and clearly for that silent majority. All right. Okay. Welcome back, everyone. So I had to play my commercials because I love my commercials and I pick my commercials myself. So um, I wanted us to just think about it for a second. You know, I put a question on the screen for all my Missourians because this is what we're going to be kind of referring to in in a sense. So, uh, you know, we have... Um, uh, gotten to a point where we don't know what's up, what's down, what's true, what's false, right? Uh, they're telling us masks work, then they don't work. We all know they don't work. It says it on the back of the damn box. We don't have to go searching for it. You know, when you buy the masks, it says does not help you. Like it says, not coronavirus, not anything, okay? So we know this. So they're telling you that we're all dying, and now they have to reduce the numbers because they've overdone the numbers, of course, right? And they've, uh, you know, uh, embellished them and they're telling you, oh, my gosh, look at all these new cases. You mean people with antibodies. Okay. 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 Fair enough. So uh, we don't know. So how do we know between rhino and elephant? You know, uh, Don Lemon is right on that. And he's laughing because he's telling you we're already in there and you're going to lose because we're there. And it's like um, the thing is that we can spot IIAs from a mile away. And this is why all of you who f listen, there was someone who tweeted out something from a specific Twitter account. I don't even want to mention it myself because I don't even want to give them a platform. And I have been watching tons of accounts on Twitter and, you know, and they knew that I knew because I retweeted my followers comment and then they posted, look at me, my credentials. I'm a federal employee. I'm a public servant. I just say things. And it's like, if you were a federal employee and you posted stuff like that on Twitter, you would be fired. Or if you're an IIA and you successfully, uh, you know, got about 18,000 people to listen to you, then you get a promotion. You see how that works? You see how that works? So pay attention to what people say, look at what they say and how they are gaslighting because, and, and then everyone's sitting there. No, no, no. They work for the department of defense. No, duh. The department of defense, DARPA, they even admit it. I have an article. I think it's under the article. Why Jack Dorsey lied or, or liar, liar, pants on fire is the picture on mine. And they're not all bots. No, some of those, someone said there's 18,000 bots. It's not. They're actually, some of them follow me too. An IIA is an interactive internet activity. That's a, that's a psyop using cyberspace. Okay. Just so you understand that is a psyop. So what you have to think about is think about the energy you get or what frequency you resonate when you read their tweets, how terrifying it is. Because, you know, it, it, the best form of flattery 
his, um, you know, when people mimic you, of course. And so what people need to be careful of is exactly how they put it. Remember what I've told you about, uh, you know, when I uploaded the video, that prayer that we did on the eve of the election, because there were millions and millions of people praying that evening, the president won the election. You have to understand that if we are all in the same frequency, we manifest the reality. There's only so much that we can magically create for you. You have to do it yourself collectively. And so again, I say it again, we never make good decisions when we're scared. We never make good decisions when we're in fear. We never are rational. You know, yes, fear creates loose. So what you have to do is not listen to me who says, oh, don't follow or don't listen. No, listen to you. Tell yourself, how does this message resonate with me? How does what I'm reading, what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, how does it resonate with me? Because if we unite together, because we have to unite, we have to be unified, we have to be on the same track, we manifest the future. I've said this before. I can only peek forward in order to help guide the present in order to change the future, right? And it's, you have to look forward in order to go back. I, I can't explain it in any other way. So collective resonance, correct. We need to understand that they are hijacking your reality. You need to understand that unified is how we win. We have to be together on this. And, you know, when they tell you, oh, it's like, you know, oh, it's just bait. We have to unify. When you see them saying unify with the protesters, you got to say, well, no, stop one second. Okay, stop. I have to put a stop there. I mean, come on. You guys, give yourself more credit. You don't need someone to spoon feed you. You don't walk around with your mouth open waiting for someone to throw something in there. You have your own mind and you have your own heart. And you have the same DNA core shared with many humans on this planet. So think about it. Why would you lessen yourself to just bow down and follow? Because if you sit there and say you're woke, if you sit there and say, yeah, MAGA, MAGA, but then you're purporting ideas as this. You're really not tapped into yourself yet. You need a little bit more of a caffeine boost there to wake you up. So they are trying to reality hack you. But then on the other hand, you could say, you know, you're, you're a reality hacker yourself. And it's like, yeah, but um, I, I'm the one telling you how I swipe the cards. So that way you can see it too. Because uh, it's all about knowledge and it's all about transparency. Uh, to empower everyone to see exactly what is in front of you. Everything is a reality hack. Now, oh, yesterday about the RNC. Good thing is I canceled my airline tickets, so that's great. I'll just, I, I can't get my money back, but, you know, I'll reuse it because I want to be there uh, for uh, when Laura has her, you know, celebration the day after the elections. I want to, you know, be down there and dance with my girl, Um you know, for, for making history actually. And, and you'll see what I mean in, in, in 2022. So what you need to focus on is you pray, focus on you 
And that way, while you're watching things that the left is pushing, while you're watching attacks, you know, kind of like Comey today tweeted, right? No, he didn't. The same PR company that is tweeting for AOC, for uh, Brennan, for Ilhan, is the same company tweeting for Comey. I, I want to make that clear to you. Okay. I want to make that clear to you. It's a PR company. Okay. It is a PR company. It's not them. Um, I'm, I'm sure the devices were deleted, but uh, let's get to Tucker. A little cruel to Mr. Lamont or the dark dwarf king who employs him. Let me just say that there is love at the bottom of this because Mr. Lamont combines almost supernatural slowness with remarkable self-confidence. And if you don't believe it, pull up again on Google. A magazine profile he sat for a few years ago in which he declared with total assuredness that the frozen dessert the rest of us call sorbet is actually pronounced sorbet. He was adamant about that. He's a news anchor. How can you not love a man like that? Howie Carr read that. <laughs> he watches Don Lamont. Mr. Carr is the undisputed radio king of New England. He joins us tonight. Howie, were you surprised by the results of that exam administered live on air at CNN? You know, uh, having watched uh, Don Lamone on uh, on New Year's Eve uh, in those celebrations, I think if he had been presented with silhouettes of uh, a different type of product, say barroom glasses, I think he would have done fine. You know, shot glass, cocktail glass, rocks glass, uh, wine goblet, he would have been okay. I, You know, I always thought that lawyers uh, learned early on that uh, you never ask questions in court of a witness unless you know the answer to them. And... Uh, Obviously, they didn't do too much prep work for that uh, that that interview. You know, they would just figure, you know, uh, if Trump uh, if Trump says he didn't take the test, then they hit him and they say, why won't he take the test? What's he hiding? So he takes the test, and then they they uh, they make a sport of him anyway. You know, I've taken this this test, and uh, you know, I, I thought the president summed it up pretty well. I mean, it's you, you know immediately whether you're uh, whether you're acing it or not. You know, if they 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 give you the the uh, face of a clock with no no. Uh, arms on it. They say, get ten, what's 10-10? And you, you get it. I'd, I'd love to hear Don Lamone do do some of those uh, tests that they also give you. They're, they're the same kind of test they give you in field sobriety uh, tests, you know? <laughs> so, but there's something he would pass because, and I, yeah. I mean this sincerely, there's, there's something really endearing about the fact that he's never embarrassed. This does not apply to the steroid head buddy on the screen with him. But Don Lamont, nothing embarrasses him. There, isn't there something kind of appealing about that? <laughs> I, I guess there is. I would, wouldn't you love to see him, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Lamont, uh, can you count backwards from uh, 100, counting down seven, or, or even better? Here's the one I really love. And I always love to do this when I get a chance to, uh, you know, p do a police report. Recite the alphabet backwards, Senator or, you know, uh, they, they, never, they never get much beyond M or N. Wouldn't you like to see Joe Biden take some of these tests? I, you know, I you would. Had a couple of the... Yeah, I mean, he, he did more, though, than you, than you mentioned. He invented two new job classifications in the last 48 hours. You ever hear of a voter registration physician and a pay care giver? And the, the disease that's, uh, you know, put everybody in lockdown is not COVID-19. It's COVID-9. It's unbelievable. Howie Carr, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Thanks, I, Tucker. I appreciate it. 
Okay, guys. So um, I just wanted to say that was interesting, right? Did you see how I told you that this was going to happen? That um, they were going to use this and <laughs> blew up in their face because what? Manifestation. A lot of us made fun of it. A lot of us were talking about it, right? You see, um, it's all about the energy we put out there. Now, the press secretary is going to be going live soon. I already have it on. So the minute we hear sound, um, I will flip over to it so we can see what she has to say, FYI. So uh, so here we are with Don Lamont. They failed the test, right? Tells you everything you need to know. Tells you everything you need to know. Now, um, I want us to start parsing through because this is how we're going to, um, you know, probably just end this hour uh, unless the press secretary interrupts us with um, President Trump's uh, talk with uh, Sean Hannity. Uh, yesterday. So his full interview is here. I just want to hop over to it. And here we go. Today, decided to pull back on the convention in Jacksonville. You gave a reason. Can you give us the reasons again in more detail? Well, it's really the China virus. Call it COVID. Call it any one of a lot of different names. But, uh, you know, we're setting an example. We don't want to have people so close together. We've had such enthusiasm. Everybody wanted to go there. You know, we went to North Carolina. We wanted to do it there. It was all set. And we we're going to build a beautiful facility. And it got hit hard. And the governor then uh, really, he uh, could have treated us better, Democrat governor. But we are actually opening up there. And then we'll make uh, we'll make our ways it won't be your typical convention i can say that but it's going to be very safe and i thought i had an obligation not to have large numbers massive numbers of people crowded into a room i've been told mr president uh from sources of mine you can confirm if you like uh i guess maybe I, i'm not surprised that that you are entertaining ideas that i have heard tonight that would be pretty spectacular would you give us any insight into what they are well, we have some ideas, but it'll have to be different than your typical convention. We have just great enthusiasm in the party. I don't think we've ever had it, even more so than 2016. And you see what's going on with the polls. Since It's funny, since I did a, I made a speech at Mount Rushmore, and since that time, it's been really something that's been, uh, I mean, it be, before that, really, you have all of these fake, these suppression polls, that just like uh, 2016 when they put out these phony polls, uh, the media. But I'll tell you what, it's uh, that the enthusiasm this party has and that they have for their president because we're keeping our city safe. We want to go in. We can't understand. I heard you talking with the group. Uh, really, that's a group of a great group of three people. But I heard you talking about the cities and the safeties of the cities. It, I've offered them all, every one of them. And there's 10 of them. We're offering all of them. Let us go in. We'll clean it up. We'll clean it up. Now, in Portland, we had to do it because that was that's their anarchists. That's even that's a level that people haven't seen. But they're anarchists and they were going wild for 51 days. And we went in and, and uh, they've done a great job. They're going to rip down the courthouse, a big federal courthouse, gorgeous federal courthouse. So we went in and we've been very, very strong. And we have this Mayor Whalen, who I think is also he's also the. Police commissioner, as I understand it, Wheeler. in Portland, yeah, uh, Mayor Wheeler, and he's uh, he made a fool out of himself. Liz. He wanted to be among the people, so he went into the crowd, and they knocked the hell out of him. That was the yeah. end of him. So it was pretty uh, pretty pathetic. But 
we want to go in and help the cities. We want to help Chicago. We want to help all of them. Detroit's having problems. They're a very good police chief in Detroit, but they have problems. We'll go into all of the cities, any of the cities. We're ready. We'll put in 50,000, 60,000 people that really know what they're doing. And they're strong. They're tough. And we could solve these problems so fast. But as you know, we have to be invited in. Mr. At President, point, I want to ask you about we're that. We're going to have to do something that's much stronger than being invited in. But we have to be invited in. Go ahead, John. The acting DHS chief, Chad Wolf, there, there is statutory reasons and justification to protect federal buildings. That is what has been happening. When you talk about 100 agents, uh, we now have 15 mayors. We see this rise in homicides and shootings. Uh, one day right here on this program, a couple of nights ago, uh, 15 people shot in Chicago. Last weekend, 70 people shot, 12 dead, a 10-year-old, 11-year-old shot. Uh, you spoke to Horace Lorenzo Anderson Sr. I know you invited him to the White House. He lost his 19-year-old son. We lost an 8-year-old little girl in, in the Chaz Autonomous Zone in Atlanta, a 1-year-old in Brooklyn, a 7-year-old little beautiful young girl in, in Chicago. And they, you know, one thing that all of these cities have in common, they've been run by liberal Democratic mayors, liberal Democratic governors for decades. What do you right. say to the people? Most people would argue you don't have a chance of winning New York or Illinois or California or, or Washington state. Well, you're right. They're run by very liberal People, you could say radical left in some cases, in some cases, just liberal Democrats. And uh, they're not taking care of their police. They're not respecting the police. Uh, the police do an incredible job. It's a very tough job. It's a very dangerous job. And these mayors and, by the way, governors and senators and congressmen, Democrat congressmen, they want to pass stuff to make the police uh, less. They want to take all of their power away. And, you know, you'll have a a bad situation where you'll have a bad cop, a very bad cop, and they, they have no idea the problem they cause. But you have 99% great people that work hard and get paid not nearly enough, and the job they do is incredible. And uh, these these people are just taking all of their respect. They're taking their guts out, and it's a shame. It's a shame. And, you know, the police, they could do the job. In Seattle, uh, they could. They knew that we were coming in, and they went in just before we got there, so we were all set to move. But if we weren't going to go in, if they thought that we weren't coming in, it would still be bad. But those police can do the job, but the mayor and everybody tells them not to do it. The governor, they say not to do it. And it's a philosophy. And let me tell you, if Joe Biden never got in, the whole country would be like that. You know, we have a lot of great cities. We have a lot of very safe cities, great places, great states that don't have any problems. And they look at the things that they see in Chicago and they look at what they're witnessing in, in Portland and all of these different places. And they can't believe what's going on. So let's talk about that for a second. Let's just go to Chicago and um, kind of see a few things. Um, I'm going to, uh, during the break, for those that are on the radio, you don't need to see the raunchy stuff. But there was a, uh, I'm going <laughs> to use air quotes, you can't see me, protest, where they were, uh, there were 
uh, at least a couple thousand people dancing shoulder to shoulder, grinding up on each other, no masks, you know, so I guess you can't get coronavirus, you know, and you don't need to social distance unless, uh, you know... Yeah, you have to work or go to school or, uh, you know, um, anything like that. So take a listen to this. This this is going to tell you everything you know, because we got to talk about Chicago. We got to talk about Chicago. So Haley this morning tweeted how uh, Chicago police's union boss uh, talked about um, uh, Mayor Beetlejuice. And then we'll go into Mayor Beetlejuice and, you know, how she removed the Columbus, uh, you know, the statue of Columbus, uh, which was what? Are you serious? Take a listen to this. Hold on. Let's. uh, Emotions and reactions. You know what? Taken down. Many, actually, emotions and reactions. You know what? The mayor's a liar. She said it wasn't going to come down. Policemen, 52 police officers got hurt at that statue defending it after she said it wasn't coming down. And now she wants to basically spit in their face and take the statue down. It's disgusting. What do you think this message sends to those officers? You mean that the mayor cares even less than the 99.9% I said that she did? I think it just went to 100%. And there were clashes last Friday. Officers were hurt. Some demonstrators were hurt as well. Do you think, you know, this sends the message that the demonstrators got their way? Well, it certainly was the message that was being sent. You're basically, it's going to be something else next time. It's Columbus today. It'll be something else next month. And it'll be something else the month after that. The mob cannot rule this city. The politicians are supposed to rule this city. And they're cowards. And, and what would you... Would you, what would you tell people who Sorry. say that Christopher Columbus is a um, about his past in terms of Native Genocide. Americans, colonialization in America, in America? Christopher Columbus is a symbol of what America was founded on. This whole nonsense about everything, I mean, you could dissect anybody's life and find things you're not going to like. But if that's the case, if people have such a problem with Christopher Columbus and what he brought here, well, then why don't they all go back to wherever your ancestors are from? They, because they basically I'm saying we don't belong here. They the only the Indians belong here. So unless you're Native American, go, go back to wherever you're from. You brought if you're German, go back to Germany. Because clearly you should have never been here to begin with. I mean, that's the stupid argument that the other side's presenting right now. Anything else you guys think about slavery? No, I'm good. Uh, thank you. Appreciate right. it. John Kentonzaro, Jr., J.O.H. So this is an interview probably that did not air, of course, right? Of course, they're not going to air that because he spoke way too much truth, way too much truth. And, you know, um, now it's time to talk about Louis Gohmert. You guys need to listen to what this man did. He's a freaking hero uh, because he showed the world exactly who they are. And, um, you know, we need to share this. We need to listen to it. Oh, and we only have a few minutes. Gosh darn it. Okay, so I will play, I will try to fast forward uh, a little bit so that my um, radio listeners do not miss it. I will go, if it runs into it, I will um, play it again. Take a listen to this. Question of the privileges of the House. Whereas on July 22nd, 2020, House Resolution 7573 was brought to the House floor for a vote with the purpose of eliminating four specific statues or busts from the United States Capitol, along with all others that include individuals who, 
quote, served as an officer or voluntarily with the Confederate States of America or the military forces or government of a state while the state was in rebellion against the United States, unquote, yet failed to address the most ever-present historical stigma of the United States Capitol. That is the source that so fervently supported, condoned, and fought for slavery that was left untouched, but without whom the evil of slavery could never have continued as it did. With or without domestic slavery, whereas the Fugitive Slave Law of 1850 penalized officials who did not arrest an alleged runaway slave and made them liable for a fine of $1,000, which is about $28,000 in present-day value. Law enforcement officials everywhere were required to arrest people. Okay, so I'm going to stop it there because we're going to go into commercials so that we can start the show with this. But what he's saying here is the Democrat Party had issued a writ that said that if you find a black person out on the street and they're free just because you said so, hey, that's my slave, you would be able to find the slave for running away. Okay, so he's breaking down, you know, and I'm going to rewind it so you can listen to all of it, because this is really important. This is a very pivotal moment of people understanding just what a reality hack this is. He put it down. You're taking statues because they align with racism. You're taking this. Well, it's time to take down the Democratic Party because they are the source of racism. So we're going to listen to him because he so eloquently put it together like a boss. So um, I am heading off to commercials in like 20 seconds. So for those of you that are on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Periscope, I'll be right back. Hey, guys. Okay, so we're going to start off the second hour with this. We're going to roll into Chicago Mayor. Uh, Well, we're going to roll into Chicago Mayor, uh, put a little bit of Trump back on, and then we're going to talk about reality hacking and, uh, uh, you know, this uh, cyber uh, warfare that we're in and how to evade it. Uh, Yesterday, I was tweeting out how they've deployed a cloaking algorithm now, and they were testing it out uh, to a bunch of accounts just to see uh, where it would be more efficient, which means that you could not see pictures or videos unless you clicked on it. So they were testing the waters. This is what they do. A lot of people were like, oh, there were outages. And it's like, yeah, that's what they say when they're deploying, uh, you know, because they've got you batched. So it's not like a full rollout to all of, you know, Twitter. It goes in batches. So you understand how that works. Kind of like nodes. They've housed you into groups. So um, I just wanted to... uh, um, you know, uh, get, uh, get that understood. That's why I tweeted out, Hey, can you see this picture? Uh, cause I tweeted out time's up. We're coming into Chicago. Time's up is actually a nonprofit organization that works with children. And if you saw the picture, Kamala Harris was there with Justice Smollett. And over two years ago, I had said that when Justice Smollett goes down, so does Kamala. Maybe this is why we saw a deep fake of Kamala because she's already in trouble. 
I don't know, shrugging right now. So uh, just a little update. Uh, next week on Tuesday, I'm going to be on Quite Frankly. I'll, I'll say this on air too. Um, I'm really excited. The, the guy is so easy to talk to. And what we need to be encouraging is making sure that a lot of people that are cr- producing content are constantly cross-talking on their platforms. It's really, really important that we all band together. Because, uh, you know, this possessive, oh, I break the story, oh, I'm the best, is so dumb. We all have one goal in common, and that is to fight evil. <laughs> Pretty uh, simple bare bones, I guess, on that one. So um, I'm going to be on his show. Totally would love to have the hookah side of it, though, because that's where you kind of, like, last. <laughs> it's a lot easier on the language. So, um Anyway, I'm going to go get that cup of coffee. I'll play uh, some music, and I'll see you guys in just a bit. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Says Show. I'm your host, Tori. So this is hour two of July 24, 2020. Remember, today we have uh, the Rona Presser plus the weekly roundup. Uh, and off air, I was telling the people that are streaming uh, through social media platforms that next Tuesday I will be on Quite Frankly with Frank. I'm really excited to do that. Um, and uh, so I I wanted to just make a mention. So there's a person on Twitter, if you're not following them, Santa Surfing. She put out a video that was quite important. And, you know, on my Twitter, I posted, yeah, come and buy my goods at Subscribestar. Because there's like a little thing in there that says, you know, if they ban you from social media and you're using it for your business, whatever that business is, uh, you know, you can, they can't do that because that's your business. So that's why I put that there for anyone asking, you know, what do you mean you're selling your goods. <laughs> um, so uh, all of you, you can put whatever you want, selling, knitting, you know, DM me for it or something. So she made a great video talking about it. Um, it's pretty awesome. Oh, I am. Uh, well, I don't know if I should say or she. I'm going to keep my mouth shut because I'm just going to keep it there for a second. So, um, uh, just so you know, watch that video. For those of you that have your accounts, you use them for whatever it is, that be your citizen journalism or anything. Uh, and we'll talk about citizen journalism. We'll talk about interest-driven news, uh, t- uh, you know, in this hour. But going back to Louis Gohmert, we have to listen to this because this is important. This is, this is a historical moment because it was made record, what he said. So I'm going to go back um, to 
what he was saying because he totally explained it. I mean, I explained to you what he meant about the fines and the slaves. But you know what? It's like seven minutes. We're going to listen to this because this is history. Those of you that didn't hear it, this man is a champ. It's awesome. And this should have been broadcast Everywhere. Why is it that only Breitbart really talked about it, which is pretty bad? I thought this was great um, to bring it on uh, today, only to show you how they operate. So they laughed at you on CNN, making fun of difference between rhino and elephant, saying, you guys are so stupid, you can't see, they're one in the same. And it's like, uh, we already know that, hello. Uh, so they mock you, and you just don't see it. Can you see it now? Listen to what he says. So fervently supported, condoned, and fought for slavery that was left untouched, but without whom the evil of slavery could never have continued as it did to such extreme that it is necessary to address here in order for the U.S. House of Representatives to avoid degradation of historical fact and blatant hypocrisy for generations to come. Whereas the Democratic, platform, Democratic Party platform of 
passed in 1870 with 100% Republican support and 0% Democratic support in Congress, whereas Democrats systematically suppressed African Americans' right to vote by the specific example in the 1902 Constitution of the state of Virginia, actually disenfranchised about 90% of the black men who still voted at the beginning of the 20th century and nearly half of the white men, so they suppressed Republican voters as well. The number of eligible African-American voters were thereby forcibly reduced from about 147,000 in 1901 to about 10,000 by 1905. That measure was supported almost exclusively by Virginia Democrats. And whereas the Virginia 1902 Constitution was engineered by Carter Glass, the future Democratic U.S. Representative, Senator, and Secretary of Treasury under Democrat President Woodrow Wilson, who proclaimed the goal of the Constitutional Convention as follows, quote, this Democrat exclaimed, quote, discrimination, why this is precisely what we propose. That's exactly what this convention was elected for, to discriminate to the very extremity of permissible action under the limits of the federal constitution with a view toward elimination of every, and I won't use his word, but African-American voter who can be gotten rid of legally, unquote, which was said by a Democrat and applauded by his fellow Democrats. Whereas in 1912, Democratic President Woodrow Wilson's administration began a racial segregation policy for U.S. government employees, and by 1914, the Wilson administration civil service instituted the requirement a photograph be or submitted with each employment application. And whereas the 1924 Democratic National Convention convened in New York City at Madison Square Garden, the convention commonly was known as the Klan bake due to the overwhelming influence of the Ku Klux Klan in the Democratic Party. And whereas in 1964, the Democratic Party led a 75 calendar day filibuster against the 1964 Civil Rights Act, whereas leading the Democrats in their opposition to civil rights for African Americans was a member of the Democratic Party, Senator Robert Byrd from West Virginia, who was a known recruiter for the Ku Klux Klan. Whereas Democrats enacted and enforced Jim Crow laws and civil codes that forced segregation, restricted freedoms of black Americans in the United States, whereas on June 18, 2020, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi ordered the removal from the Capitol portraits of four previous speakers of the House who served in the Confederacy, saying that these portraits, quote, set back our nation's work to confront and combat bigotry, unquote. The men depicted in the portraits were Democrat Robert M. T. Hunter, Democrat Howell Cobb, Democrat James L. Orr, and Democrat Charles F. Chris. Resolved, 
that the Speaker of the House of Representatives shall remove any item that names, symbolizes, or mentions any political organization or party that has ever <laughs> held a public position that supported slavery or the Confederacy from any area within the House wing of the Capitol or any House office building and shall donate such item or symbol to the Library of Congress and two, that any political organization or party that has ever held a public position that supported slavery or the Confederacy shall either change its name or be barred from petition participation in the House of Representatives. Oh, wow. So that's where it got cut off. So he basically said, let's cancel the Democratic Party because they, uh, you know, subscribe to slavery. And anybody that's worked uh, with slaves or is associated with the party of slaves, they should all be removed. That's basically it. So uh, this is this is this is quite frankly, no pun intended, uh, to say the truth. The Democrats are the party of slavery, and they're saying let's remove all these statues, right? But they should remove themselves. They need to be ejected from the House, and he's right. A hundred percent right. What we need to do is cancel the Democrats. But like CNN told you, can you tell the difference between an elephant and a rhino? And that's a problem a lot of people have. A lot of people have. Now, I'm going to hop over now to how a Democrat, uh, we saw Beetlejuice, remove in the dead of the night like a thief. The mayor of Christopher Columbus. Um, it, it was quite incredible to see that this was done like a thief in the middle of the night. So horrible. Officers with water bottles and its removal came after hundreds of protesters gathered outside of the home of Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. They were demanding the city's police department be defunded. The mayor speaking with President Trump about his plans to send federal agents into the city. She warns that any abuse of authority by agents will be met with legal consequences. That if you see something that doesn't look right, please don't hesitate to report it. We are going to remain diligent. And if we see any steps out of line, we are not going to hesitate to take the president to court. Mike Tobin is live in Chicago with more. And behind me, Melissa, you can see the base of the Columbus statue. The base is still covered in plastic. There is graffiti fencing around the bottom. Uh, last night, the rumors started swirling that the mayor had planned to move under cover of the night, bring in the cranes and remove the Columbus statue. And sure enough, about one o'clock in the morning, the crane showed up and the big statue was removed. The mayor's office is issuing a statement today saying that the statue was removed because it had become such a flashpoint. It was being removed for safety reasons. The catch is she did not talk it up with Chicago aldermen. A lot of them are pretty angry. Angry, the ones I'm hearing from this morning, uh, saying that uh, essentially she caved to the demands of the rioters. She rewarded the rioters. And someone uh, just drove by a short time ago and shouted out the word coward. Now, there was a, a back the blue rally that was planned here uh, for tomorrow. There was some concern that that itself could become a flashpoint. And one thing I've heard from organizers is that the back the blue rally is still uh, on. Melissa. Didn't protesters march to the mayor's house over this issue as well? That was going on last night. There was a big, big march to the mayor's. Oh, 
yeah, they marched, but she had the police protecting her house while they were removing statues. And police aren't supposed to protect the people or the statues or federal buildings, just her house. This house, a very loud march, created a lot of pressure. Uh, the announcement was made to those marchers that indeed the, uh, the statue was going to be removed. There was a big cheer that went out. It turned the whole thing in Logan Square was the area where they marched. It turned the whole thing in Logan Square into a big street party. However, very quickly, the chanting in that crowd turned to defund the police. So if the move was intended to satisfy these demonstrators and the rioters, it didn't satisfy all of them. Yep, they want to defund the police because, you know, yesterday there was someone that was tweeting at me about South Africa. Um, Millie Weaver's actually creating a video report on this. We should talk about this probably next week because it's not something pertinent now. I have um, some sources down in South Africa that are confirming some information, but we found... And I, as, I, as I've been saying uh, from before, where I talked about North Dakota and how the governor there was deploying drones to take the temperature and follow people around. And if it could hear you cough, then it would, you know, register you. Right. They want to start using artificial intelligence to police you. This is why they don't want the police, because it's safer if it's, you know, a computer that sees ones and zeros. So, for example, uh, you know, you could be walking down the street and to your bef- best friend pocketbook, uh, you know, you put your hand in and you take out her phone, you know, just to have a joke on her. And suddenly the drone sees you, you get arrested for theft. And you're going to be like, no, it was a joke. I was just going to terrify her and say, where's your phone? You know, we've all done stupid things like put something in someone's bag or, you know, things that could look dodgy that aren't really where you're trying to be sneaky, have fun, or you say something or you kind of like mimic a move or you pretend something. You know, soon they're going to and and wait, listen to this. I'm I'm just going to tell you this. And the Atlantic Council is piloting all of this. It goes right back to them. And they've actually put out a report um, that talks about using robots and AI uh, to take over, uh, you know, policing in every single nation. And the people that are sponsoring this is Interpol. And guess where Interpol just changed their headquarters to? Where that lady was coming from saying, oh, my gosh, they are chipping us. We have to get vaccinated in order to work. They are killing us. Uh, only only people that are black are allowed to have, you know, subsidies. Uh, they're they're strangling us. What are we going to do? And it's like Interpol just moved into your town, man. That's their headquarters now. And they're the ones piloting this uh, digital deployment. And remember, South Africa was founded by one crown, the same crown we want to buy Greenland from. So this is where it is. You have to look. There is no nation on this planet aside from the United States of America that on paper, on paper, right? The actual aside from the perceived, remember, on paper, we run this country. On paper, what we say goes. On paper, we are free. But we perceive that we're not because we've forfeited power to these idiots in the House, these idiots in the Senate, these idiots sitting on benches when we are the ones in control. Every single other nation bows down to a crown. And, you know, you can see it uh, just from the way that they're labeled. Uh, Even Greece, because, you know, my family derives from Greece. It's a kingdom These are kingdoms. You need to pay attention. Kingdom of Spain. Kingdom of this. Look at what it says. 
kingdom, kingdom, kingdom. We are the only ones that are on paper are free. This is why they are working so hard to drain us, to harvest us, to break us, because the only way they can destroy us is by us destroying each other. That's the way it is. Now, the press secretary was supposed to be out uh, with a press conference, and uh, she hasn't done that yet. It's been delayed for 44 minutes, so I still have that on, so she might interrupt whatever we're getting into now. But um, I want you to... uh, Listen to the report of how Department of Homeland Security now in Chicago is operating. And uh, again, I urge you to look at my, my my Twitter. I have a picture of Kamala Harris with Juicy Smoulet, uh with Time's Up. And Tina Chen is involved and the Obamas are involved. And guess who else is involved? Oh, wait, hold on. Yep, that's right. Michael Avenatti. Because this is where it comes down to it. You're going to see it all come together. This is a, a clique, a group, a cabal, and they control everything and everyone uh, with money. This is their, their, well, money and, of course, blackmail. Business Network, the push is now on to stop crime in cities, including federal agencies like the FBI, FBI and the DEA. The other move is to stop riots, including the use of U.S. Marshals and border officials. Rioting continues in Portland, Oregon. Rioting in cities cities like Portland has caused tens of millions of dollars in damage to businesses and communities nationwide. More than a dozen shot dead in these riots that have been going on for two months. Now, Portland's riots look anything but peaceful. Anarchists have attempted to set fire to the federal courthouses and facilities. Officers have been assaulted, blinded with laser lights, attacked with bricks, concrete nails driven into boards and pellet guns, and also frozen water balloons thrown at them. Assaults on civilians are taking place. But Joe Biden now claims the Trump administration is, quote, brutally attacking peaceful protesters and is stoking, quote, the fires of division. Let's welcome in a Fox Business exclusive, Customs and Border Protection Acting Commissioner Mark Morgan. Mark, it's always great to have you back back on the show. Commissioner, your reaction to Joe Biden here? Yeah, Liz, look, look this is unbelievable. This is just another series of, of, of talking points. He's a clown. Let's just um, summarize it for him. The way you just described it is the truth. That's what's happened in Portland. Every single night, every single night, these criminals have taken over the protests. They meet, they organize and plan with the willful intent to destroy federal property and seriously injure federal agents. That's the truth. The federal agents are there under Title 40 USC 1315, which dictates to the secretary, not that he has a choice, that he must protect federal buildings. That's what our presence is there for. Look, to say that the presence of federal agents do their statutory responsibility is inciting violence is ridiculous. And I don't believe the American people believe that. Our our, Our local police are saying that rioters are embedding themselves in peaceful protests as they have been in Chicago. Is that what you're seeing? Liz, absolutely right. And it's happening every single night for 50 nights. It starts out with some peaceful protesters. And there's this, this, this group that infiltrates that peaceful protest with that willful intent to do damage and, and destroy federal property. Liz, you described it. Uh, just the past two nights alone, they have thrown incendiary devices into the federal courthouse with the intent to burn it to the ground with federal agents and officers inside. And they're calling those peaceful protesters. 
They're calling them peaceful protesters. They want chaos. So if you guys, uh, those of you that have been listening to me since I've been on air solo, um, I... Um, Wanted to say my first actual show was pre-recorded because I was nervous. And I recorded it on November 3rd, 2018. I still have it. And I will upload it when the time is right. So um, I want you guys to remember, those of you that have been listening, those of you that haven't, here's a summary. I have been telling you about the economy and what is going to happen. I've also been telling you that the wall was the problem with them, the specific problem with them, because the reason that they had open borders was to be able to assist in the destruction of our infrastructure. If our infrastructure collapses by having all these illegal migrants sucking on the teat of American taxpayers with chaos, with riots, with outbreaks, it is, you know, it is a fact that everyone will lift their hands up and say, help us, oh mighty elected people, and we bow down. This is how it goes. It's a plan. Uh, you don't have to be a time traveler like me to tell you. Now, I'm going to take you uh, to the alternate timeline that I had talked about back in the year 2000 on the internet. And uh, back then, the internet looked different. And this timeline had a um, two, it was a, it was a broken global government. It had uh, the cities and the United Allied States. And so uh, this was something that would have already occurred. It would have already occurred if things that happened in 2001 didn't happen the way they did. So at that time, I had uh, sowed the seas to uh, cause a bit of a tremble, and it was great. Because sometimes when you conduct, um, uh, I would say reality hacking or reality steering, where you want to advise someone, thank you, Ed, when you want to advise someone, uh, you have to uh, put enough in there. Because the one thing we know about humankind is that they are curious. And this comes from the days of, the, of, of what you know is to be the tale of Adam and Eve. Curiosity, what killed the cat, right? So curiosity and this yearning for knowledge is this absence where we feel that we don't, we're missing something. We're missing something. That, 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 that connection, this is why it's like, oh, who am I? You know, the grand question of who is God? What is my purpose? You know, these are all questions humans have. So as a, a human being having this question in your heart, you are immediately drawn to mystery and things that provoke you to think. To think without walking around with your mouth open waiting for someone to shove information in. So this is how you successfully give the tools to someone to write their own story. This is how you give someone a pencil and say, go, go, be gone and write your story. It is by giving them just enough that it piques their curiosity, which is innate, innate innate to you. Uh, 
and then you take it and then you start to get in tune with your objectivity, your ability to criticize, uh, you know, your critical thinking, basically, and um, understanding more. Now, those of you that have heard me from the beginning, I said I'm a pretty fancy mathematician and that math is a universal language. And this is probably why I am such a good linguist. I've, I've said this many, many times. If you listen to people, not hear them, listen to people, they tell you exactly who they are, exactly who they are. So I've told you that math is a universal language. And that numbers and, and everything is based in mathematics. Your, your DNA. You know, I had someone email me saying it's not junk DNA. Well, I know that. This is what they tell you. Because this is how they say, oh, you don't understand this? Here, open your mouth. Ah, junk. It's not. That's where everything is there. Have you ever heard how children carry the sin of the parents, et cetera, et cetera? How, how does that happen? Does it come with your soul? No, it doesn't. You don't share the soul of your mother and your father. How does that happen? Ah, it is written in your DNA. That is where your programming is. That is where hijacking of programming can happen. Hence why in March, when I talked about how vaccines alter your DNA. Remember, we talked about, I went into a little bit scientific detail, but kind of tried to keep it down, uh, you know, on a level where, you know, people that didn't go to school and didn't incur, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of, uh, of debt to go to medical school and learn these things can understand it. They have markers. They mark and rewrite your DNA. So in your DNA is all the information you need. I told my children when they study, they're like, ah, oh, have you, have you guys ever in your life, just think about it, ever in your life just thought, oh, um, I was studying this and then suddenly it clicked. It's like something went off in your mind. And you're like, oh, I totally get it now, right? Totally get it. Huh. No, you don't get it. You've just unlocked that program. You've just unlocked that little bit. Now push a little bit harder. But the, re the way you can do that is if it's dumbed down enough for us. Because I remember that when I entered, um, when I decided to take a turn in my career, I mean, just be more, go back to school, because I had already been to school, but going back to school and um, officially study on the sciences, uh, I remember I, I, I went to this lady, her name was, I think it was Kaufman. She was a professor in chemistry. And I sat there and I told her, I'm, I'm just not understanding this, you know, explain it to me. And she sat there and said, well, maybe it's just not for you. I mean, you know, you're someone that does this, 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 you know, you, you, you've already been to school. Why are you doing this? And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't come here for you to discourage me. I asked you to dumb it down for me and explain to me how you come to the conclusions that these atoms spin like this because the math didn't seem right. And that's when I noticed, oh, they've been teaching it wrong on purpose. Okay. But I learned what their structure was and what foundations they provided to do it. The point is that unless it was explained to someone on a level that they understand it with the knowledge that they possess. So if you're a mechanic, if someone gives you a simile in you know, with mechanics, you get it more. Uh, yeah, Kaylee's not on yet. Thank you, though. I have it on, so we're going to hear it. That's why we heard the clicking before. So I want you guys, when you listen to things, try to discern what is being said, right? 
try to parse it through and then see how you can simplify it for yourself. Uh, curiosity is always the, the beginning of innovation and of awakening. And this is why you see across cyberspace a lot of pockets that pique your curiosity because some may speak to you and others may not. Some may guide you and promote you to go and learn more and others may not. Now, peaking of curiosity, many, many times we've spoken about uh, how uh, the media is controlled. We know this, right? We know this. And it's all about interests, correct? Interests drive the media. And press secretary is on. We're going to stop right there. Hello, everyone. The first duty of government is to protect the safety of our citizens. That's what Attorney General Barr said when he was here at the White House just a few days ago. For 55 days in Portland, Oregon, we've seen lawlessness, anarchy, and destruction that threatens peace in our streets and the safety of our fellow American citizens and the safety of our brave law enforcement officers. Yet some Democrats and some in the media continue to ignore reality. As Portland's, Portland's Democrat Mayor Ted Wheeler tweeted, quote, what I saw last night was powerful in many ways. I listened, heard, and stood with the protesters, and I saw what it means when the federal government unleashes paramilitary forces against its own people. That was a quote from the Democrat mayor who quite literally stood in the middle of a riot as violent protesters attacked a federal building. That is appalling, uh, and Mayor Wheeler's clearly failing at his duty to protect uh, his streets and his city there in Portland. The federal government has a sworn duty to uphold the laws of the United States through field offices and federal facilities across the country. These agents protect and serve the American people. Yet the rhetoric of the left undermines our justice system, with Nancy Pelosi calling them stormtroopers, uh, Jim Clyburn calling them the Gestapo, and Wheeler using the term paramilitary forces. Under President Trump, violent crime rates in America finally began to fall. Rhetoric like this cannot be allowed to set us back. Augmenting the Federal Protective Service, guarding federal property in Portland, our brave officers have since, since augmenting them, I should say, our brave officers have faced all of these various things like rioters barricading officers inside the Hatfield Federal Courthouse, trapping officers inside, a quote, commercial grade mortar firework was launched by rioters, a federal agent's hand was impaled by planted nails, another federal agent was shot with a pellet gun, leaving a wound deep to the bone, and tragically, Three federal officers were likely left permanently blinded by the rioters using lasers pointed directly at their eyes. These are not the actions of so-called peaceful protesters, and the Trump administration will not stand by and allow anarchy in our streets. Law and order will prevail, and I have a short video for you because I want it to be real uh, what is happening right now in Portland. So if we could play that video, that'd be great.
someone kills your whole family. That wasn't me, homie. I hope they kill you too. I hope someone burns down your whole precinct with all y'all inside. Can't wait to see it. As you can see, that is anything but a peaceful protest, and this president will always stand on the side of law and order. And with that, I'll take questions. Boom. Yes. Thank you so much. I want to ask you about the and then I have another question on foreign policy. Um, first of all, has President Trump determined where he's going to or how he's going to deliver his speech? He said he was working on that yesterday. So he hasn't decided that just yet, but we have a number of really creative, exciting options that he's looking at. It's a question more for the RNC, but he's um, very excited about the prospect of what will come with the convention. Ask you about something that he tweeted back in April. He said Joe Biden wanted the date for the Democratic National Convention moved to a later time period. Now he wants a virtual convention, one where he doesn't have to show up. Gee, I wonder why. Does the president regret that now? Well, as you know, I can't respond to Joe Biden. You'd have to ask the campaign about that. Um, but the president, the circumstances changed in Florida where we intended to have the convention. As the circumstances on the ground changed, uh, the president um, changed his viewpoint on having the convention in Jacksonville at that particular location. I wanted to ask you about the president's phone call with Vladimir Putin. Did the president raise the issue of Russian bounties? on the lives of American troops during that phone call. So as you know, that intelligence is unverified still to this day. There are dissenting opinions within the intel community. I won't get into the president's private discussions with a foreign leader. Um, I was not on that call, but that intelligence is still unverified. But rest assured, our president will always stand with our military and protect them against any and every foreign adversary. Yes. 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 Thank you. Yes, uh, Nancy Pelosi and Mitch McConnell announced that John Lewis will, come back. Will, will be lying in state at the Capitol Monday and Tuesday. Does the president plan to go to the Capitol to visit John Lewis on one of those days? I have no announcements about the president's upcoming plans, but John Lewis was a civil rights icon. Uh, we lowered the flag at the White House here um, to, to signify that. So I have no future announcements of the president's plans other than to make that one note. Yes. Thank you, Caitlin. Uh, so the Senate has approved uh, overwhelmingly a bill that would require the renaming of bases uh, that are named after Confederate leaders. How and how is it that Senator Inhofe uh, assured the president he was going to be able to remove that from legislation that has passed both chambers of Congress? Yeah, I'll leave that to Senator Enhoff as to how that works, legislatively speaking. But the president um, was assured by Senator Enhoff that uh, that would be changing and that Republicans stood with the president on this and stood with the rest of America. Fifty six percent, according to an ABC Ipsos poll, are opposed to the changing of the U.S. base name. Kaylee, thanks. Uh, two quick questions. Uh, I think you probably hear this often. When can Americans expect some money in their pockets by way of stimulus? What's the president's plan to get that money to them as quickly as possible? And just a question about COVID reporting. Uh, is the White House at all concerned about inaccuracies or inconsistencies with respect to COVID death reporting? So um, first, let me note, um, uh, when it looks at when we look at numbers, we want the most accurate reporting. Um, and I went through last week at the CDC numbers. We want to make sure hospitals are truly reporting um, all the information they're getting. Uh, one of the systems of data gathering, only 81% of hospitals were reporting into another HHS system was getting a more full picture of what we're seeing in hospitals. So we want to ensure all of our information is accurate. Um, and we trust the numbers that we're getting from HHS and CDC. And um, then with regard to phase four, um, those negotiations 
are ongoing. These are long and extended negotiations. Um, but we feel that it's very important from the White House to address unemployment insurance in particular, um, and also money for schools and, and ensuring that uh, the money for schools enables students to make school choices, like actually going to a physically open school. So right now, that's where the discussions um, lie at the moment. One more quick one, very quickly. Uh, drug pricing it is so critical to America's seniors. Uh, often you hear terrible stories, frankly, about people having to ration drugs because of the incredible cost. What exactly practically can the American public expect the president to do to lower the cost of uh, prescription drugs? That's a great question. Um, the president today at 3 p.m. will be talking about drug pricing, um, and he'll be announcing some actions he's taking on that front. So I'll leave it to him to announce those future actions. But you know, in 2018, he released a landmark blueprint to lower uh, prescription drug prices. It's an issue he's been very passionate about, which is why he signed legislation ending the gag clauses that stop pharmacists from informing patients about lower drug prices and average, average basic premiums for Medicare Part D prescription drug plans that actually fallen by 13.5 percent since 2017. So he's done a lot already, but more to come uh, this afternoon, actually. Caitlin. I have two questions for you. This morning, Dr. Burke said that it is still an open question how rapidly children under 10 can actually spread COVID-19. But the other day, the president said they don't bring it home very easily and they don't transmit very easily. So shouldn't we figure out which one of those it is before kids go back to school? So let me give you two um, answers to this. You know, first, I would point you to CDC guidelines um, that said based on current data, um, the rate of infection among younger school children and from students to teachers has been low, especially if proper precautions are followed. There have also been few reports of children being the primary source of COVID-19 transmission among family members. That's where the data currently stands. Um, but that being said, even if um, there is transmission, mission and later studies come out, let's say, um, we believe that students should be going back to school because the effect on a child, we know scientifically, they are not affected in the same way as an adult. Um, again, I'd point you to CDC uh, guidelines on this that says the best available evidence indicates if children become infected, they are far less likely to suffer severe symptoms. Death rates among school-aged children are much lower than among adults and um, far lower than during the H1N1 pandemic, for instance, when schools remained open. Yeah, and Dr. Brooks noted that today, unless kids have an underlying condition, but she said they do not know how rapidly they can spread it still for if they're under 10. And that's one of the president's so, top advisors. So on the transmission point, I point you again to the CDC, but I would also say that it is our firm belief that the that our schools are essential places of business, if you will, that our teachers are essential personnel. You all here are considered essential workers, which is why you were coming into the briefing room every day during the pandemic. Our meat packers were meat packing because they were essential workers. Our doctors were out there treating because they're essential workers and we believe our teachers are essential particularly I pour over the um, the data on, on schools often and the one thing that really stuck out to me I read through the entirety of the CDC guidelines was that I talk about child abuse often and one in five cases being reported in schools well the CDC guidelines went on to say there has not just been a sharp decline in reports of suspected maltreatment but tragically a notable increase in evidence of child abuse when children are seen for services during the pandemic. For example, in Washington, D.C., Child and Family Service, Services Agency recorded a 62% decrease in child abuse reporting calls between mid-March and April compared to the same time period in 2019, but saw more severe presentation of 
child abuse cases in emergency rooms. That's a tragedy, and our schools must reopen. Okay, my question yes. is about transition rates. But anyway, my second question is also on the president's that. call with the Russian president yesterday. Today, the nation's top counterintelligence official said that Russia is one of three countries that is actively working to interfere in our election. Did the president bring up election interference on the call with the Russian president yesterday? Again, I wasn't on the call, um, but the president... I was not on the call. Um, the president the president has taken more actions for election security than his predecessor, who gave a stand-down order when he learned about election interference. Susan Rice gave that stand-down order. Um, Obama's intel chief even confirmed that stand-down order was given. By contrast, we've uh, given a, numer a ton of funding to election security. We take our elections seriously, and we believe president in election Trump integrity. Justin. President Trump Justin. On the call Justin. I was not on the call, Caitlin. Stop filibustering. Justin, let your Colleagues ask questions. Question. Justin, okay. Have. Justin no longer has a question. Anyone else? Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee. Okay. Around 20 million Americans are receiving ex expanded on insurance benefits, and some are going to receive the last of those checks tomorrow. Um, have Senate Republicans in the White House settled on a plan yet to extend UI? If so, can you explain what that plan is? And if not, did you wait too long to try to sort this out? Those discussions are still ongoing, and I'm not going to get in the middle of the negotiation. Um, other than to say, um, when I answered Kevin's question up here, I said that our priority um, right now is we feel it's very important to address extending um, those unemployment insurances. Um, and, and how that looks, I'll leave it to them. But that is unemployment insurance is a top priority for us and, right now. Uh, China ordered the closing of one of our diplomatic facilities there in retaliation for what happened in Texas. Um, we haven't really heard from the White House if you could spell out specifically why you guys decided to close the Houston facility. I know that there's obviously broad complaints that you've raised for weeks uh, with, with China, but why Houston specifically? And secondly, if you had a reaction to the steps China took. Yes, our action to direct the closure of the PRC consulate general in Houston was taken to protect American and to, to protect American intellectual property and Americans' private information. Uh, for years, the CCP has undertaken a whole of society effort to steal American technology and intellectual property for commercial gain. And many of those activities are directed from PRC diplomatic facilities. And we urge the CCP to cease these malign actions rather than engage in tit-for-tat retaliation. So that's where we stand on that. Jeff. Okay, the president's tone on the virus this week seems to have changed. He's uh, advocated a few different times for Americans to wear masks. He said that the virus would, or the pandemic would get worse before it gets better. Uh, he canceled most of the convention, or certainly the Florida part yesterday. All of these things were bad two months ago, even longer than that, and the science on masking has been clear for uh, several months. What changed this week? Why did his tone change? There has been no change. The president said on March 31st, before there was even a recommended but not required um, guidance given by the CDC on mask wearing, and the president already said, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. It doesn't harm anyone. And that was before, that was when our scientists even were, some of them were saying, don't wear a mask. So the president has been consistent on this. He wore a mask back at the Ford facility. Uh, he carries around in his pocket. He showed it to you multiple times. He hasn't changed. Um, in fact, and just speaking on COVID generally, um, the way I've heard him talk privately in the Oval Office is 
the way he's talking out here. The only thing that changed is the president taking dozens and dozens and dozens of your questions each and every day because he felt the best way to get information to the American people was for him to be out here um, answering your questions and providing this directly. The other part of the question, though, wasn't just about masking, although I would argue that if you look back and see when he called it politically correct, for example, that, that wasn't exactly agreeing with the science of wearing masks. But setting that aside, no, but let's not set that aside, because in that incident when he used the words politically correct, it was in reference, I believe you were asking him a question, was it? And Right, and you were standing outside and you'd been tested and you were wearing a mask and he couldn't hear your question, so he asked for you momentarily to pull down the mask. So that was the specific context, and context does matter here. Okay, well, I didn't need to engage on that, but I was standing around other reporters and using the same mic that other people were using. That's why I left my mask on. Right. Well, he could not hear your question. He asked for you temporarily to pull it down. Everyone in the press pool's tested. So scientifically, you are not in a compromising position. But he's, he hasn't changed his tone. Um, but this president, the reason he wants to bring back these briefings is to get information out there. Like we've done 52.9 million tests nationwide, 187 emergency use authorizations, use, use authorizations excuse me, for test manufacturing, 20 million swabs per month, use the DPA over 20 times. All of these great successes of this administration, like distributing 31,000 cases of remdesivir enough to treat nearly 200,000 patients. None of this is getting covered. And you've got the best messenger, the duly elected president of the United States, talking directly to the American people and getting extraordinary ratings as they tune in to get information so from their leaders. Question wasn't, yes, my what John? question wasn't about John. Um, that last piece. I Thank just want to clarify one thing, Kaylee. Okay, John no longer has a question. No, I, Anyone I, else? I, do, I just want to clarify... I, I don't want to talk over it. If, let, me, let me, if you don't mind, Jeff, maybe we can come back to you. I would like to finish my question. Yeah, well, yeah but the, me, when the, everyone in the front rows get five questions, people in the back row don't even get the opportunity to ask questions. That, that that's not the question. I want to ask about the Senate uh, Defense Authorization Bill, which passed by a veto-proof majority yesterday, and the House uh, earlier this week also passed their version of the defense bill, also by a veto-proof majority. And both of those bills contain mandates that the Pentagon rename these military bases, which are named in honor of Confederate generals. I want to ask you, does the President believe that his position, which we're all familiar with, it's helpful in terms of recruitment, it, specifically for African Americans? Explain how that position will help recruit African Americans in an all-volunteer military force. The President stands with the American people. 56% don't want to see the bases' names changed. Where he stands is in a place where Many soldiers who have lost their lives overseas, the last ground that they saw were these bases. And by changing their names, he believes um, that, that it, is, it is not appropriate that those soldiers who lost their lives to be told that the ground I'm that they left. I'm familiar with his position, I, and you just restated it very well. But I'm asking you specifically, how is this helpful for an African-American who wants to volunteer for our all-volunteer military forces to go to a base that's named for a Confederate general that worked to still put and keep in place slavery, which impacted their ancestors. Because the bases are not known for the generals they're named after. The bases are known for the heroes within it, uh, the great Americans, black, white, Hispanic, of every race who have died on behalf of this great country. And 56% of the nation agrees with the president. So position that yes. it won't impact, it won't impact yes. then, it won't impact in any way Recruitment is what your position is. Next question. Uh, is I already that answered yes that or one no? twice. It's just a yes or no. Kay Kaylee, I want to circle back to school choice, which you mentioned a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that means 
shifting the potential for shifting federal funds away from schools that don't open so that parents can use it, use those funds for homeschooling or for private schooling. Um, the president vehemently opposes defunding police. Why, why is defunding public schools okay? So the president has never wanted to take money away from schools, take money away from education. It is about keeping it with the child. The purpose of school funding is to educate a child. The child, if a school is closed, loses the opportunity to receive education and needed social services. Uh, I put up the chart a few weeks ago from McKenzie & Co. Um, that showed that the, the student most impacted is the low-income student um, who's in a low-income community and doesn't have the resources of, of, as some other students. So that student should not be deprived of an educational opportunity and forever never be able to recover um, the deficit um, that that child has had by being out of school for an entire year or more. The schools in those, in those underserved communities also are the ones that generally have terrible ventilation. Um, they need the most money for upgrading. If this money is shifted away from those schools, how will they ever get in, into a situation where they could, in the case of a, a pandemic, properly serve their population. Well, your question's a bit befuddling because if the problem is ventilation in schools and the school's closed and you're fixing the ventilation, um, the student isn't even in the facility because the school isn't even open. The whole point is the student deserves an educational opportunity and a good educational opportunity, which is why the money must follow the student. And I would also note in the CDC guidelines that they said um, with regards to food in particular that there are 15 million children participating in the school breakfast program, 30 million in the school lunch program, and they said, quote, it is difficult to maintain this type of school nutrition program over the long term and they were talking about how we've managed to get meal service meal services throughout the periods of school closures uh, but they went on to say it's difficult to, to maintain this type of program over the long term there are severe consequences I've mentioned the child abuse the loss in education and also when it comes to nutrition services as well yes um, Caitlin, with the, pack, uh, the payroll tax cut uh, now off the table is there anything that the White House considers a red line in uh, negotiations with Democrats, and then also have another question. Yeah, there. I'm not going to get into red lines. These um, negotiations are ongoing, and I'm not in the middle of them, so I'll wait to uh, find out what the conclusions of those negotiations are. But I would just signal what I said at the top of this briefing about unemployment insurance being very important. And then um, President Trump called off the convention in Florida, citing safety. Um, does that give him pause for any of his future upcoming travel, like to Texas next week, which is a hot spot? We take all necessary precautions, um, and we protect the president, his staff, and we make sure that we're following the guidance guidelines and social distancing, and so we don't have concern about future travel. Yes. The, the accusation that China is stealing intellectual property are not new, but, but, but why came this order to shut down the consulate in Houston I'm now? Not, yeah, I'm not going to. I'm not going to give any further information about our intelligence from the briefing podium other than to note um, what I told Justin earlier on that particular matter. Yes. Thank you, Kelly. Uh, on the question of reopening schools, yesterday, uh, just minutes after the president announced that he was going to cancel the uh, Republican convention events in Jacksonville, he also made the case again for reopening schools. So why is it not safe to hold a Republican convention, but it is safe to reopen schools? Yeah, the um, schools are a different situation when you have children who, um, as the CDC guidelines clearly note, um, are not affected in the same way as adults. Um, we can. I'm just pausing it for a second. For those of you that are listening to me on the radio, um, I will have my archivist take the full stream since we're going to go over on time, and that'll be uploaded to iHeart, uh, iTunes, et cetera, where you're subscribed.
make certain arrangements like social distancing in schools and follow uh, the CDC guidelines that have been laid out um, and try to, they're the best world guidelines I referenced. Um, we can get our schools up to the, the best place we can get them in, especially if we're given additional school funding, the 105 billion that was mentioned that we would are keen to see um, in a phase four. That he's been talking about. Yeah, so um, no guidance um, other than to say I've, I laid out that he would have a merit-based EO and he really would like a legislative fix for DACA and would like Democrats to come to the table, but no guidance on timing just yet. Chanel. Thank you, Kaylee. Um, on federal law enforcement efforts, uh, mainly Operation Legend, we're talking about funding for a lot of these programs. Anytime we're talking about federal anything, we should be talking about the money behind it. Um, so with Operation Legend, it appears to be filling a law and order void in majority Democrat cities. So given this fact, um, in terms of the funding, would the citizen of, say, Springfield, Missouri, be called to pay for the security and the federal protections of the incompetence of Chicago, Illinois? Is that something that has been discussed as far as funding for Operation Legend? Um, I'm not aware of that being discussed in particular. I think where the president's head is at right now is, you know, you look across the country and it is Democrat streets where you're seeing a lot of this lawlessness. Um, in Minneapolis, murders have spiked 94 percent. Philadelphia, murders have spiked 27 percent over a year ago. New York City, 277 percent increase um, in shootings over a year ago. Chicago, the most egregious, 414 people killed, 50 percent increase over a year ago. Um, we saw with under President President Obama, violent crime started to tick up, started to come down under this president. He restored law and order. Um, and then this defund the police movement has been an absolute travesty. And it's why um, you have 67% of black Americans who worry that the criticism of police will cause police to pull back. So this president is looking at this um, in a saving lives lens. I want to save lives. I'll put federal money in, um, as he did. Um, financial assistance was announced with AG Barr um, and also additional manpower. He's um, very keen on, on seeing the violence in our streets end. Um, he wants to protect the people of this country when derelict Democrat mayors and governors do not. Um, and he's also appa appalled by cancel culture and cancel culture specifically as it pertains to cops. We saw a few weeks ago that Paw Patrol, a cartoon show about cops was canceled. The show Cops was canceled. Live PD was canceled. Lego halted the sales of their Lego City police station. It's really unfortunate because I stand with, and the president stands with, the 63% of Americans who think police officers are one of the most important jobs in this country. That's 63%. Um, and with that, I, Caroline Levitt, one of our great assistant press secretaries, um, today went to great pains to make contact with the South Hold Police Department in Suffolk County. Uh, we saw a very touching video that we loved. Uh, and she got the approval of the police department and the parent to show this video because I think this is emblematic of where America stands with regard to our police. So if you wouldn't mind playing that video, that'd be great. Thank you. What you want to be when you grow up? A 
Thank you to our heroic police department around the country. America stands with you. I was really hoping that we were going to see them take their masks off, but I guess they ended the feed really quickly, so we don't. So what do we make of that? What do we make of this press conference where all the mainstream media uh, remove the video so nobody can see it? No question about Portland, guys. No question about Portland. I am shocked, seriously. How is this even happening? Uh, she used videos. Great. Loved it but they turned it off. So the question is, why didn't any of the White House reporters ask any questions about Portland? Because they do not want you to know. So let me tell you about um, District 110 in Missouri. So there's people running for Congress and Senate, right, everywhere. Uh, what you have to look at is that the people that are running are actually, they're, they're the muscle for companies that want to do business uh, with the government, with, you know, just the state, the city. What you need to be paying attention to is who funds them. So during these elections, one thing, because your vote is the most valuable thing you have and the only thing that separates us from the rest of the world is what, it, what have I said? That we are actually free. We perceive, we're perceived um, as not free, but we are on paper. On paper, we are, but for some reason, we see ourselves that we are not. So your task for that would be wherever you are dropping your vote, so much on the internet, open secrets, etc. Look at who's paying for who. Because I could tell you that they manipulate the media, they fund the media, they use the media to prop them up. Dottie, I got my eyes on you, especially on your people in Ferguson. So uh, one thing that we need to understand is that this is all running with money, foreign money, all about interest. Corruption comes in all sizes and all forms. It could be simply a quid pro quo. Hey, give me money and I get elected. I'll make sure you're favorable to get contracts. Give me money and I get elected. I'll make sure that addition you want on your house goes through. Give me money and I get elected and I will make sure your daughter gets hired at the local school council meeting, you know, as a teacher. Give me uh, your money and I get elected and, you know, I'll do this. And then for the bigger boys, give me your money and I'll get elected and I won't tell. Now, this is quid pro quo is corruption, is Rico. It's a conspiracy. It's I give you take. I give you take. So look at the money. Look at the clowns running because, you know, for once, CNN put something real out there that we should all be paying attention to. Even though they wanted to laugh at us, what did they say? Can you tell the difference between a rhinoceros and an elephant? Guess what? Nine times out of ten, you can't. So it's very important to scrutinize exactly what we have in front of us for every single vote from school council to mayor to state senate state house federal elections the whole nine yards and again don't walk around with your mouth open waiting for someone to throw it in your mouth right do it yourself look for it seek the information you need um 
So we will be back online with the, oh my gosh, I saw it earlier and I loved it. I don't know who coined this, uh, the control virus presser. That's what we're going to call it, control virus. So as we saw, no one asked questions about Portland. The media took the video off. Can you see it now? This is where we see it. Mr. Sandman, give me a dream. I'm not going to play the song because obviously YouTube may boot this video. I've been getting dings from day one. Uh, okay. This is, I've, I've only recently started doing YouTube only because I needed to expand on other social media platforms because we're getting choked. So uh, I'll see you guys during the control virus presser and then we'll have the weekly wrap up. And just for all of you to see, did you see how Tuesday was pivotal? Did you see how all the indictments are dropping and popping? There we go. Unfortunately, we ran out of time today, but hopefully we will get to everything else during the White House uh, control of virus presser. And, oh, on that note, what if, think about it this way, what if the president leaking, oh, I might be signing the pharmacy reduction bill, blah, 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 is to bait them so they're all there so he could drop like some huge Moab. I'm just saying that would be awesome. I'll see you guys uh, later this evening. God bless. Thank you, Steve. God bless.